We've got the time, we've got the appetite. Let's tie up those loose ends from Imola. Let's get started. And they are going to win! Pierre Gasly wins the Italian Grand Prix! Three cars going well to will as Perez is caught by Charles Leclerc and his three cars gone off! It's a DNF for MAX! The world championship record is equals. Lewis Hamilton, seven-time champion of the world! That was a good one, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, like a like a pair of running shoes. You just like punchy. Yeah. <laughs> no, not punchy. Running. Not punchy. No. Oh right, sorry. Mixed metaphors. <laughs> I see you like you know running shoes, tying up laces, tying up loose ends. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So as we promised, we would be talking about Sergio Perez and Ferrari from the Imola Grand Prix. There was just so much going on in that race. We thought, hey, as I say, we got the time. Why not? that spill over into another episode. So, yeah, Sergio Perez, he apologised post-race to, to Red Bull for his performance, his performance being a qualification in second and then finishing in 12th place. Um, the more I've thought about this, the the worse it seems to me, the, the sort of uglier the race gets for, for Sergio Perez on reflection in review. What do you guys think about uh, Sergio Perez's second outing in the Red Bull car? Ah. This is really difficult, and actually, you're right. With with more reflection, I think my opinion changes. After the race, I was very quick in my in my mind to criticise Sergio Perez, uh, um, especially as he dumped the car onto the the you know, at, at the front, which was amazing. Um, and I think that's the problem when you set yourself up as uh, to the, those sort of highs, um, beating Max Verstappen and being in second from the from the get go. I think then you've either got you've got to go two ways, you know. The higher, the bigger the rise, the the further you fall. And so I think at the time I was pretty annoyed that he let himself down and the team down. But most of all, he let me down. No, um, but <laughs> but actually, I think we have to give him a little bit of slack. It was a really unfortunate race for him, and it was a difficult race for loads of people. It was really wet um, at the beginning, and you know he. He didn't help himself by spinning out a little bit. I got I got a few flashbacks to Bottas in Turkey last year, watching Sergio mm. Perez. Um, now nearly two weeks ago, um, but I think actually the the takeaway that I haven't seen mentioned that much is Sergio Perez demonstrated his raw speed in that Red Bull car, but and that that's a great thing for for his future this season, especially as the car seems quite difficult to drive. So I think as he adapts to it more, he'll come out on top more. So I, I'm, I'm feeling less negative now than I did at the time. I don't, I don't know what you, what you think, Liv. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of get what you mean because you talk about like the time since, since the race. I was thinking about it today. And I was like, oh my god, what even happened in the race? Like, I feel like I have such bad memory loss when, when, um, when between races, like we we talk about it a few days later, and we're absolutely so pumped. And then I was like, oh god, what even happened? I'm so I'm so ready for. Yeah. for there was drama. But, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then I was like, yeah, I literally was talking to my parents about it, and they were like, yeah, like a lot happened. And I was like, oh my god, yeah, it was so good. Um, but absolutely, um, looking back, it's not as horrific. But at, on the day, I've got to admit, I was really disappointed in Sergio or like for Sergio is probably a better way of saying it um 
I I just once again were saw everywhere, you know, the curse, the curse of the second seat. And I do love to joke about it, but you've got to wonder like <laughs> when will it end? Um and it 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 clearly is difficult for anyone who's not Max Verstappen to drive that car and it's certainly you know he's certainly capable of you know of doing it but it's not going to be a matter clearly as we've seen of him just jumping in and being able to drive it perfectly however as you say strong qualifying I was yeah surprised and so was he I read that he was genuinely surprised to be on the second row on the no on the first row in second um on um on the grid um so yeah, like there was a lot of potential for that race, and obviously, dropped back. I think it was like on quite cold tires or something, but whatever. And then he like dropped back, and then eventually we saw that absolutely very very weird event of overtaking under the safety car, yeah, or like regaining. He went, he spun off, and well, like went off track in the. But when they were following the safety car, and then proceeded to take back his two or three places that he'd lost, which just isn't a thing. And and to be honest, you can understand, you know a bit stressed about going off all oh, quick just need to dash back on but it's only really i can think of like on the out lap on the formation lap where you can do that because mm. obviously if you're in the formation lap and you, you go off you can you know find your place again on the grid but it does seem odd with someone with sergio's experience to make that error like really wasn't wasn't great to be honest so that was what let it down for me quite a lot i completely forgot that happened and it all gets amalgamated into one sort of mess of of Perez's race when I went, went thinking about two weeks ago now and you would have thought someone of if here at his experience would would have gone hold on a minute I've uh, uh these are yellow flags I should probably just check with the team right I should you know hi guys can I do this <laughs> no you can't brilliant mm. <laughs> no no that's and that's what I'm wondering as well though like where were the team engineers saying Sergio mm. you can't do this I mean I'm not sure if those conversations took place and he sort of you know pretended not to hear them but surely it would have been far easier if he went oh damn yeah sorry guys um let the other two go past and then um it was all forgotten but yeah 10 second time penalty that really does bite so um yeah Uh i think for both of them both perez and the the racing engineers at red bull it's um it's a pretty basic error yeah and it was lucky they didn't get a he didn't get a a 10 second stop go penalty they did revise that because the difference between a stop go penalty and a 10 second penalty is if it's a 10 second stop go penalty you come to the pits that's 12 seconds of driving you stop that's 10 seconds you have to do nothing to the car and then you're not allowed to do anything to the car you have to go again and that's another 12 seconds or so out of the pit so you can't even come in for a spare set of tires and i i do actually think it was the right decision by the stewards not to give him a 10 second stop go and just to give him a 10 seconds which is exactly the same as i just described but when perez stops you're allowed to then work on the car to to basically not totally waste the pit stop so i, I i'm glad the stewards didn't destroy his race completely by giving a stop go penalty but it was you're right tom it was, it, it was an amateur mistake there and you gotta ask yourself the questions is would would mercedes make that mistake I don't think it was a team thing, personally. Yeah. I don't think it was something where they were like, okay, Sergio, now please rejoin the track. I think they just went, like, he went to rejoin. And then he... I also saw, which I don't know if I 100% get, but someone said, oh, it looks as if Daniel Ricciardo, who was one of the cars he re- like he repassed, sort of slowed to let him rejoin. And maybe Daniel was under the same sort of weird mm. illusion that they all were under with the fence. Like, oh, I better let him back again. 
Yeah. I don't know why, because Daniel Ricciardo is a very, you know, competitive racer. That doesn't sound like him in any way. <laughs> maybe maybe Ricciardo thought he was going to, like, swing back onto the track and slow mm. down to prevent yeah. a collision. Quite possibly. It was very weird. It was such a weird situation. And basically, just going back to what I said, yeah. I personally don't see someone of Perez's experience we, we wouldn't be shocked let's face it we wouldn't be shocked if Mazda Spin yeah, had done yeah. that would we or Schumacher we wouldn't, really no yeah. One, yeah. or even Schumacher yeah we wouldn't be that shocked but Perez's experience mm. you'd think what car you know Red Bull or what a racing point or whatever he's in that's not what you no. do like it's just not the rules so it's a bit odd and it, and it just added a bit of a mm, to his already kind of rubbish race and the way he went back in the way that he did you know such a strong starting position and was he ever what's a good question like for you guys really quickly do you think he was ever going to without that weird 10 second penalty and all that was he ever going to keep up in the one best in the top sort of one two three positions do you think potentially but i think if i'm right didn't he spin after he had that time that 10 second time penalty and that sent him down to like 12th or 14th place i think we're talking sort of lap 38 i believe so mm-hmm. i kind of feel that i mean don't get me wrong the 10 second penalty is a is a huge issue for for anyone as i as i alluded to earlier but um i kind of feel like he he made a rod for his own back in many ways through his driving on that wet surface so um so yeah because mm, it was a weird one because pre-race when he qualified in second i thought to myself you know what, he's going to win this race, isn't he? Like, he, I don't know how, he's just going to win this race um, and it's going to really sort of shake the pack up and um, and put it to Hamilton and to Verstappen. But um, but no, he did sort of, he did show he was human and did uh, in many ways lose his sheen that he's been able to accrue over many years, in my eyes at least. And he, he kind of showed with not only the spins uh, by himself, but also the, the safety car issue that he is... He's a very good driver, no doubt, an improvement on Albon. Sorry, Albon, but um, <laughs> he's not—he's not—he's not a top top driver, if that makes sense. He does yeah. make mistakes, um, which is why I don't think, realistically, because of both issues, well, it's all self-inflicted injuries in many ways, he was ever really going to be in the top four. Yeah. Uh, so, a summary really is it was a. It was a pretty catastrophic race for Perez. And I don't, I think you're right. I think it was going to be, it's going to be one that he's going to want to forget. And uh, fingers crossed, going into Portugal this weekend, it will be a much better race for him and the Red Bull team. Maybe they get a 1 2 finish. Well, I did read that, um, I mean, they all say this about each other, though, don't they? Red Bull think that this will be a more Mercedes suited track. But then literally the other week, Mercedes were going, we think Red Bull are going to be better than us. So it's just old games anyway. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, in in the end, it's going to be a Williams favourable track, and everyone's going, ha, I didn't see that coming. (laughs) That'll be the dream. Oh, imagine, imagine. Um, So, yeah, on a more positive note, Ferrari, I mean, cast your minds back two episodes ago, and you'll hear me saying, oh, I don't think they're going to do very well. I'll be very surprised if they score points, both of them this weekend, etc., etc. How wrong could I be? Uh, Leclerc qualified in fourth and then retained that to finish fourth, but, um, Perhaps more surprisingly, Carlos Sainz qualified in 11th, had a bit of a, a sketchy race by my uh, by my definition, but was able to get himself up to 5th. You know, very strong points for Ferrari, just behind Norris in front of Ricardo. A pretty good weekend for them, don't you think? 
Yep. Another statement aged like fine wine from me. I uh, I touted <laughs> that I thought they would do pretty well, and you've replied with, "Wow, I've got those as uh, Ferrari as my." team that's not going to do so well so pretty much i mean one of us was going to be correct and and we did set didn't i say didn't we have a wager on this so uh, we'll have to settle that when we're finally allowed to meet in person um (laughs) (laughs) just gonna tally um but yes ferrari i am pleasantly surprised with their performance i i must admit i was a bit conflicted towards the end of the race because on one hand i really wanted ferrari to show that they were back strong and the other hand i was desperately hoping norris would hold on so it was a bit it was a bit of a weird scenario there where it's kind of a win-win but i'm a massive mclaren fan if you ever want to invite me to woking mclaren i live nearby um (laughs) please uh so i was i was i was really pleased that they didn't get past, but they oh, Leclerc was close, and you could see that he was biting at the bit to get past that McLaren. Mm. So yeah, I think I think they really showed how far they they've come. They've definitely reclaimed some of the horsepower. I don't think that's best evidenced by Ferrari. I actually think it's best evidenced by Alfa Romeo and how they look relatively strong this year. Uh, relatively being the. Uh, the key word there, I mean, Kimi Raikkonen was in 13th. So that's that's not bad going um, for them. So, yeah, I I, I think Ferrari ha- are actually back on a winner. And I think that's really good for this season. But more importantly, for next year, I feel like this will be a good springboard for them. And, and you know, who knows? We might have four constructors that are battling between first and second. Um which would be fantastic. And then for this year, I think definitely Ferrari will be fighting McLaren. And mm. also it would be nice to see Alpha Tauri sort of fighting in there a little bit to see if they can, who's going to get that magical third spot and then fourth spot. So yeah, good stuff for us fans really. And good stuff for, for Ferrari. I think um, Bonotto's job is a little bit more secure than it perhaps was at the end of last <laughs> mm. year. Uh, yeah. I love his hair. I, I, I never said this, but I, I think his hair and glasses combination is one of the best things about the paddock. It's just really funny. In the in the same way, like Toto Wolf's voice is kind of iconic. I feel like Bonotto's <laughs> hair and glasses combination. If you had to just draw the silhouette of him, you would just draw that hair and yeah, the glasses, yeah. and you'd be like, I know who exa- I know yeah. exactly who that is. Yes. I always felt that he was a bit too soft for to like to be an F1 team principal, like. I don't know. I just thought he. I'm not pathetic's the wrong word. He's clearly not pathetic. But do you know what I mean? Just he just always looked. Like, oh, didn't seem firm enough. Fine. Like when it was all going wrong last season. No. Yeah, he didn't seem firm, and and he's just not. He's just not the same sort of dominant or dominating sort of personality or, or stature that some of the others are. But anyway, we're off. We're off topic. Um, Ferrari. Yes, I think it's it is really good. And you mentioned sort of a win for the fans. And I think so far what we've seen this this season and and from this the episode we're discussing um, from the sorry from the race we're discussing, that's been the biggest sort of result is the fact that it's been so fantastic for the fans and it's showing the fans that this year could be really really good both in like regard of like. Hamilton and Verstappen and that battle and and Mercedes and Red Bull but also for as you mentioned third and fourth and fifth places um and it was also quite funny how heading into the season Ferrari was really seen as 
you know not really a contender and they were dropped down in fantasy they were their team was worth a lot less and in the opening credits um for f1 they were dropped down the order mm. um just based on upon last year's results but in reality and thankfully they are thankfully like competing again as we would expect not quite to the level that i'm sure the tifosi and Italy and all the Ferrari fans would want but yeah it's fantastic to see and with the lineup they have clearly Carlos has shown at the weekend you know 11th to 5th is that's a great a decent a really yeah. decent yeah. performance and he you know he drove well like there wasn't too many errors um and it shows as well that he is getting used to that car because at the end of the day we've got to remember that just like with the issues that Pe- the Perez is having um, Charles Leclerc has been in that car for a couple of years now um, but Sainz has just stepped yeah. in from something very and I do think like the McLaren car is very different to the Ferrari and I don't really have a technical reason for that but I would just see it as that way so no I think he's done really really well to get to the point he is now and if you think about it we're so early on in the season Carlos and Charles together by the end of the season like what could they achieve um, for for Ferrari so fantastic and let's hope it wasn't a one-off um, because they were in Italy <laughs> um, and let's hope that it continues because as you say the more close battles we're having between both drivers and teams the more exciting it is for us and something else that the fans will be quite interested in or hopefully be excited by is sprint qualifying uh, a new format which will be introduced in the British Grand Prix at Silverstone in mid-July and in Italy in Monza in mid-September and potentially in Brazil but that's uh, Covid dependent at this point uh, from what we've seen about this uh, sprint qualifying uh, setup that's going to be taking place on Saturday what are our thoughts points are up for grabs and the final lineup from uh, this shortened race will of course make up the lineup for Sunday's race so um, what, what do we think do we do we have sort of a, a positive outlook a negative one or a quite uh, quite nondescript at the moment I'm fully aware mm. Tom that you do such a magical job of uh bridging the gaps between our topics and beginning that you you very rarely get to be the first one to get a word in edgeways so tom what are our thoughts on the on the sprint qualifying will it be a success will it be australia 2016 2.0 are you looking forward to it being uh, mixing and matching the the uh, the grid will it be exciting even um i have to say i think it's quite a complex idea um, in so far that it's called sprint qualifying, but it's not qualifying. It is a race, but it's called qualifying because they don't want to go and take the shine away from Sunday's race, um, if that makes sense. Um, but my thoughts are that it's quite a good idea. I think that it does add importance onto Friday. Uh, Friday normally has practice one and two, and realistically, you can't really gain too much from that, and there's nothing that's drawing the fans to that. But if you're having a qualifying session for basically a mini race. Um, I think that brings a great deal of value to Friday's session. I think Saturday as well adds excitement for the fans um, insofar that you get a sort of a sort of bite-sized version of what's to come on Sunday. But I am concerned that by having the qualifying determined by a shortened race, that it's very unlikely you're going to get a... Uh, Stroll qualifying on on pole position or Lando Norris qualifying um, well would have qualified second if it weren't for the uh, the um, if it wasn't for exceeding track limits. Um, so the, the fear is in that regard that 
Adopting this format will always lead to the fastest teams and the best teams, Mercedes and Red Bull, um, rising to the top. And it's going to essentially mean it's going to be even harder for the smaller teams to, as I say, um, strike lucky into to get a miracle on Saturday. Um, but I, I, I do remain hopeful. I'm, I'm glad to see that, as uh, Ross Braun said, he's the technical director and managing director of F1, for those who don't know, that it will be scrapped if it doesn't work. So it's very much a, a, a temporary uh, fixture at the moment. Um, so, uh, yeah, fairly positive so far, but I, I can see the drawbacks, put it that way. It's interesting what you said there. I have quite a few points. Mostly, I'm not loving the idea, but I'll get onto that. But, yeah, the point you made about the the lesser you know the more less common people but getting uh pole position things like that there's obviously still a chance that they could get that from the q1 q2 q3 situation that's now on a friday um and obviously they could end up on pole for this qualifying sprint well sprint quality whatever they could end up on pole for the first thing race on saturday um but the problem is with that if they were then to go on to win that saturday race you know that's great because they may then get pole for pole for the following race but whatever or do quite well you uh, the points given in the saturday's race are minimum mm. like minimal there is like one point for third two points for second and three points for first or something yeah. which is quite depressing if someone for example someone like george were to in the friday practice in the friday quali to get into q2 or maybe even q3 qualify 10th or 11th sorry ninth uh, or 10th or something and then make his way up to fifth or something ridiculous like that in a normal race that would be rewarded but that wouldn't be and then by the time it was the sunday he wouldn't be up there do you know what i mean yeah. just sorry on that um i think it should be 10 to 1 i think it should be 10 for 10 first and then one yeah. for 10 i don't know yeah. why they didn't do that i completely agree with that i know and also i'm just talking about the friday i feel as if i don't agree like 100 agree with the fact they're now putting qualifying on the friday because most people and then and we've got to remember that this year has been some of the most watched f1 races so far like ever like the the, the viewership has been huge but what they're doing is they're putting a quite important part of the weekend of the former on a friday when people work not everyone can just drop everything and put on the tv do you know what i mean mm. i'm worried that a, a large portion of people who would usually watch qualifying won't be able to watch it because of work or school um and then if they miss the quali, they might be like, oh, well, I missed the quali, like, oh, I won't want, like, and you may, you you know, obviously the diehard fans will, will watch whatever they can, but those who were planning on dipping in and out, they're not going to be inspired to watch the Saturday if they've missed the Friday. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I don't yeah. think putting on a, putting something as important as qualifying on a Friday was the is the best idea, because for me, qualifying is an important part of a weekend. I'm like, oh, Saturday afternoon, it's quali time. Mm. Um, and talking about the race itself, um, you're absolutely right. It is another race. Actually, I just call it that myself. I just said the race. <laughs> the sprint quality itself is a race itself. It's it, but essentially what they do in F2 and F3 is the fact they have a sprint race on the Saturday and then they have a feature race, a longer race, on the Sunday. Mm. Uh, it might be the other way around. But either way, that's what they have. Um, and that's what they do and they admit to that but it's the fact that f1 are going like oh it's not a race it's not a sprint race it's a sprint quality and it's like well no it's a sprint race mm. and it works very well for f2 and f3 but i'd rather they just admitted to that and the interesting thing that f2 do which i think going on from what you said about how it's just going to be the same people f2 get the result of the first race on the saturday and then they reverse the top eight 
for the following race on the Sunday. So that top eight will be... So if you finish first on Saturday, you start eighth on Sunday. So for me, that would have been something that would be make it more worthwhile, this whole thing. But the, to me, it seems not 100% worthwhile in the sense that they're doing all these changes, but the end result will probably be a Mercedes or Red Bull win on Saturday and a Mercedes or Red Bull win on Sunday. When, if they are really looking to be out there and do something completely different and exciting, they didn't quite go far enough, if that makes sense. So, uh, to conclude, <laughs> I, I'm not a <laughs> huge thesis. fan of the Friday. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a huge fan on the fr- of the Friday sitch. And also, I think, as you, as you said, Tom, I'm not convinced that having this sprint race on the Saturday will do much for mixing up the starting grid from what it would have been anyway. Yeah. Tristan. Well, <laughs> look, I mean, just like these sprint races, this is supposed to be a bit more of a sprint episode with these quick fire topics. And uh, mm. so I think it would be nice that I'm a bit of a juxtaposition to you, Liv, and I actually quite like the idea. I feel like it's natural in Formula One to have an evolution of of methodology in the way that we determine who's at the front and we give things a go i i you know let's let's try it why not and i'm quite looking forward to seeing it now i really like the fact it'll make friday more worthwhile that currently friday is pretty dull because the best you can say is well look practice too yeah <laughs> that's what it's going to be like in the race great <laughs> and and so instead of having that, we're going to have some practice and be like, okay. And then boom, time trial. Brilliant. Because that's what qualifying is. And I think that gets lost somewhat in, in the conversation about qualifying. Why why I personally love qualifying is it, they're not against each other in a sense. They're against the clock. It's time trial. Brilliant. Brings me back to Gran Turismo uh, on the PlayStation and, and going against myself in time trials love that stuff so mm. having that on a friday would be really really good it gives some more meaning to the weekend as well and yes you're right Liv. if those like me and you who work we are gonna have to have some explaining to an employer about why I, I i i'm watching qualifying or rather i just watch it when i get home but does that matter no actually my answer is no i don't think it does because if you're a really hardcore fan, you uh, dedicate your Saturday to watching it. If you're not a dedic- you're not a hardcore fan, it's pretty difficult to be like, sorry guys, I'm not coming out between the hours of, of 2 and 4 because I want to catch the qualifying. So I don't think it will impact the casual fan as much as, as you perhaps think. And also, for the real casual fan who is just getting into the sport... What better to get a taste of F1 than sitting down and watching, you know, a shorter Grand Prix to find out if you yeah. like it? I feel like that entry point is going to be brilliant. So yeah, I feel it's going to be that's going to give so much more meaning to the to the Saturday. And then, should you reverse the grid? Well, I'm I, I'm in favour of reversing the grid, but I don't think it would solve any problems. Uh, the, on this weekend showed that actually when Hamilton had a 30 second gravel pit penalty and managed to get himself right <laughs> up into second what what if yeah. I said let's reverse the grid and you the only danger let's face it is at the very beginning when Mazepin slams into the back of Hamilton and we all go way so <laughs> would 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 reversing the grid work no not really would that mean that the the best rise to the front yes it would but that's exactly what happens in qualifying and it's kind of what should happen in Formula One I am worried that artificial excitement would would dilute what Formula One is all about. So that's my general thought about Formula One sprint qualifying. 
it shouldn't be called sprint qualifying. It should be called sprint race. Qualifying's mm. on Friday. Great. And I think it will help the casual fan and also just mix things up a little bit. My biggest problem with it, Liv, as, as you said, is for some yeah. reason they didn't give points to everyone who comes in the top ten. Yeah. Like, what What were you yeah. doing? Like, that seems Because unfair. that, see, what that does is cause a problem where you suddenly have the people who are rising to the top pushing out further and extending their lead. Exactly. Yeah. It will just be Hamilton, Max and one other, you know, whether mm. it be Bottas, Perez or yeah. Lando, getting those three points every and time. That's the biggest plus issue. the points they get on the yeah. Sunday. Yeah. If anything, right? If anything, it might make it really exciting is if you said, well, how about first place gets three points, fourth place gets four points, fifth place gets five points, etc. And you go up maybe the other direction to bring some balance back to the... <laughs> yeah, but then you try and finish 10th on sort purpose, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, it's difficult. It, what we're saying mm. is, is difficult, but there is definitely, I think, some, some ground to make it made up in the sense of giving those who come in 10th place in the sprint race um, a point. Because, hey, as you rightly said, Liv, that could be Russell. Uh, in fact, yeah, it could be Russell's exactly. only chance for points because yeah. this is the yeah. point. Saturday... We've clearly seen, yeah, he can't last a whole race in points, well, but he can race like from Mister yeah. Saturday to like Sir Friday. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Friday and a bit of Saturday, but then, uh, that's a really good point you make. That someone like George, who does seem to have incidents whenever he's trying to main, like get points or he's in the top ten. A shorter race could be just enough for, mm. <laughs> for him to remain on track, you know, um, <laughs> on yeah, on track for points. So that's a good point. And he won't get anything. But I think it's the takeaway really is it's good that they're trying something new. Yeah. Yeah. Trial and error. Yeah, I, do I, like think, it. I definitely think it's good to try something new. And I think that it will be interesting to see how it plays out. But I'm not like oh my gosh, this is the future. I'm a little bit like, mm, okay, let's mm. see, let's see what happens. And um, as you say, that there is parts of it that bother me. That's the only thing that's like the name, the fact there's no points, the fact that, that people can't watch stuff on Friday. But I don't mind the idea of mixing it up at all. That's fine. See, I know the idea of this is to make uh, Friday more interesting. But when, as you say, we consider that there's buttons worth of points on offer for Saturday, are people going to be really that invested in qualifying for a, a sprint qualification or race when there's little prize to be gained from it? Like... It kind of, for me, mm. doesn't... It, as we say, if it was 10 points, 5 points, 2 points or whatever, at least there'd be, oh, 10 points, that's quite sizable for uh, a mid-ranking team or hell, even for Hamilton, Verstappen or the constructors at the top. But are people going to go, ah, oh, brilliant, that means that Daniel Ricciardo has a good probability of getting 3 points in the sprint qualifying round because he's qualified in pole. Yeah. Like, well... It doesn't reek of excitement to me. Well, maybe not, but we don't know because we haven't tried it. And actually, one of the things I think is also quite important to mention is it makes rain really far more powerful. How many times have mm. we had rain on a Friday and gone, no, it's come on a Friday. Oh, it's only practice. Well, that rain impacts Friday, which impacts Saturday, which impacts Sunday. So I think it, I think there is more that to is it true. than pe true. what people are saying. And having a quick peruse of, on, on Twitter of which there is our own Formula 1 Twitter uh, F1 in review. You can follow us using the links in the description. But having a peruse on Twitter, it looks like people seem to be roughly on the fence, which is which is roughly where we are. Mm. And that's maybe not a bad place to be. But 
hey, what the alternative is we stick with current system, the current system where no one pays attention to Friday. Saturday is Mercedes dominated with a little bit of Russell sprinkled in there as people yet again get wowed by the fact that Mr. Saturday can perform on Saturday. And then we have Sunday, which is Mercedes dominated. So we're at a point where we might as well try something new. And in, I don't know, a few a few races time or 10 races time when we've had Silverstone and it was a flop, Liv can sit there laughing at us. <laughs> I mean, I'm disappointed they started out with uh, Silverstone because that's such a dull race. I, I'm not sure it will demonstrate the longevity of the format. I had to try uh, and potentially yeah. only two races because, I mean, the Brazilian Grand Prix doesn't look too hopeful right now. It kind of makes you think, only at two races are we going to get a fair reflection of this format before it's potentially permanently implemented for next season, which is apparently the plan if um, if this all goes well this season. Is is two enough? Not convinced. I, going on what you said, Tristan, like, oh, like you know, oh, Liv, you'll be like, ha, ha, ha. I, I might be, but I genuinely do want it to succeed. I just, at the moment, have these the thoughts, these thoughts about it. But I would love it if it did, because, you know, the whole point is to make it more exciting and absolutely well. I do think, though, a little bit of the don't fix what's not broken or whatever. I don't think really that we're, it's, it's hardly like it's broken like it is now. We still love it and watch it week in, week in. It has the highest viewership it's had in years. And I don't know really if did it really need fixing right now like i think it's it's pretty exciting this year as it is and you know we've got drive to survivors helped with you know new people watching and i don't know i feel like if it was like another five years down the line it was still the same you know, maybe but uh, i don't know we'll see yeah, we'll but see. I, I mean i really hope that i'm wrong and i really ho- i want to see it succeed because it would be so good to see if it if it worked but i just feel like there's certain elements that aren't worth 100 worth it at the moment so thank you very much dear listener for once again listening to the end of another episode of f1 in review and specifically to another imola centric episode that's number three if my calculations are correct uh, you'd be happy to know that f1 returns this weekend we're going to portugal And the F1 2021 calendar certainly set a very high bar, so here's hoping these standards can remain uh, moving forward. And I believe pretty dry, um, pretty sunny, no rain scheduled at the moment for the Portuguese Grand Prix, but um, anything could happen. Until next time, thank you very much for listening.